The Ten Commandments tell us briefly, quite briefly in fact, um, how God expected the Israelites to live. This is it. These are the instructions for your life. And uh, you shall, you shall not. And so they should live that way. Um, he, of course, goes on. Uh, as, uh, as Danny and I prepared for last Sunday, uh, along with Carol, as we were talking about prayer in different ways, um, Danny had said to me, uh, of course, it's, it's not just the law that's given here, it's the means that you are redeemed from the law. Uh, he, gives the, he goes on to give the instructions for the, um, the tabernacle as well so that God knows that we're not perfect and that we're got to fall down at times and not keep the instructions that he's handed out. And uh, as the books of the law continue, there's many instructions that are built upon these. Uh, the Ten Commandments are the, the sort of underlying tenets, the, the foundation that other laws were then built upon. But then, of course, as we thought of last Sunday night, um, when Jesus discussed loving our neighbours, he opened a new understanding of the law, a new understanding of what the Father had given through Moses. So that we don't need to particularly go and look up each one of these and then each of the sub-clauses that the, uh, the priests and the men of the law um, later added. You know, so that we would not have to go and find that yes or no legalistic answer, but be able to walk a journey that uh, we know in our heart already is God's way. The historic thou shalt not limits of Exodus get replaced in our faith with a sense of, of living, living God's way. And of course, as Jesus says, it's not only murder, but it's hateful thoughts. It's uh, not simply an act of adultery, but um, being unfaithful by looking uh, with lust but as we look to follow Jesus and his teaching we might uh, pause and question what we do God says you will or you will not any kind of around these or as we'll come to and focus more clearly on remember he gives us particular instructions. But what do we then decide? Do we decide, I will? God says, you shall. Do we go, oh, I will not. We have to um, choose to try and seek God's will, his purpose, and, and make it the way that we live. And that applies to each day of the week. But within the commandments, 
God points particularly to a Sabbath. A Sabbath, a day of rest. And it was for much of the time of the Israelites, it it was kind of unique to them. There wasn't a Sabbath of any concept in Egypt. This was something new. It starts to develop. We see the first instances of a day of rest, a day that's different when we um, when we see them being fed with manna in the wilderness. And there's a day where they don't have to gather it. But on the day before, they've been able to, to keep an extra amount. That... But here we find God saying that seventh day, that day is a bit like that day in creation. It's a special day, a day of rest, and it starts to be given a name. The Babylonians later did have a day, but again, surrounding cultures had lost that by the time of the first century. The Romans didn't have that restingness. A clear day without work, special and different. A day we might remember God and his creation. The here it doesn't actually speak about gathering for worship. I guess the people were all together in some way at the time, weren't they? As one people, and it's not defined as a particular festival either. But it was a day where they were to live differently. So I've got some sheets here, and I'm sure there'll probably be about one each. And it's a list of 39 things. Either individually or as a two or a three, I've got some more. Uh, if it doesn't quite make it along. Thank you. Okay. Um, different types of thing that God's people might have done way back when. So I'd like you to look at this and think of what they could maybe do on the Sabbath rather than what they couldn't do. What out of this list might they? Be interesting to see if anybody's willing to take the risk of naming something. Some of them are particularly about arable farming. Some of them are kind of, uh, and it goes from ploughing all the way through the, the different harvesting um, through to the, the baking of the bread. The, there's then a series there about um, wool and what might happen with wool, from the shearing all the way through to um, making the fabric, um, sewing it together and... Uh, different things that way. There's some that are about animals and how you kill them and how you look after the hide, things like that. 
Um, stuff about writing letters. That's not... As in individual characters, not a letter to your mum and one to your dad. That's not two letters. It's A and B would be the type of letters. They're writing two or more letters. Uh, building, demolishing, making a fire, and uh, putting the fire about, and uh, transporting an object. Or putting the finishing touches on an object that you've maybe been working on. So, d d does anyone want to take a risk and name? Perhaps I'm being naive, but making two loops. Two, two loops, yeah, two, two loops of, of cloth or of rope, uh, of like thread of, or rope. It, it kind of comes in that bit. So it's making, it's like bending it over and so that it can connect. It's hardly work, is it? Mm. Until so it's... you want to know what we think of the ones they were allowed? Ah, uh, yeah. Which one? Uh, which ones were allowed? I don't know. I sort of think kindling a fire and extinguishing a fire would be fairly basic health and safety. <laughs> So, logically, you're not building a fire, you're only kindling it. Kindling it. So, provided you've got the fire in place ready to go and you're just... You just sort of... Make it, a, a, rub a couple of sticks and get it going, yeah. kind of thing. Just literally if they needed a fire. What about tying? Hmm. Do you want to... How you... In, Imagine that to be. Uh, well, they wouldn't be tying shoelaces, would they? But I don't know whether that part of their garments. Garments together. So they need to be decent to get dressed. Hmm. Well, shoelaces is probably not that's something they should be doing. But erasing two letters. Well, I can't see any point. In, can you, you can't see any harm in that. But. <laughs> It's a bit of an obsession with two. <laughs> <coughs> we don't have to do any of these. There's lots of things we don't have to do, but sometimes we enjoy doing. Sometimes we enjoy. So, sure. so, so it might be something you actually do as a part of your day of rest, but you don't have to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. But they were generally farmers, weren't they? So all the things. Probably yeah. could care for an animal if it needed it. Yeah, I, no, I, I didn't put. I, uh, I don't have milking a cow or a goat on this list. Because that's something you would have to do every day, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, my, my uncle was a farmer, uh, a cow farmer, uh, well, a farmhand. Uh, and of course, they would have to go and milk the cows twice a day. Um. Okay, I've got a confession to make. I must not make, give false testimony. Um, this list, this list of 39 things, um, is a list that I got from Wikipedia. So how accurate it is, you know, is within the limits of Wikipedia. But um, in the Hebrew Bible... 
the, the, the verse about rest has 39 letters. Right? This is 39 items. These are the 39 things that you wouldn't normally be allowed to do. All of these are things. And then these 39 are subdivided. There's 39 times 39 as a great big long list of things that were prohibited. However, sometimes you could do them. Or at least sometimes they could happen. Because the ruling was about, the ruling that had been given on it was about whether it was beneficial to you. Right. So if you did one of these things and it was beneficial to you, it was a positive thing you did, then you weren't allowed to do it. Which seems completely (laughs) backwards. If you tripped over a wall, right, if there was a nice little low wall like the one be here, between here and Rycroft, you know, that one. If I went to jump over the wall and knocked a stone out the wall, then that would be allowed. I would not have broken the law. You might have broken your toe. I might have broken my toe. I might have broken my face. But uh, I I don't think David would be too happy either. (laughs) Um, but, But if I knocked a brick out or a stone out of a wall, that would not be demolishing the wall. Demolishing is not one of the things. But if I deliberately went and knocked a brick out, if I went and deliberately kicked the brick out, then that would count. If I caught my trousers on a nail, not that there would be a nail sticking out anywhere here, but if I caught them and it ripped the fabric, then that was obviously not intended and it wasn't beneficial to me. So that's fine. But if I had a pair of jeans on and I took a knife and cut a hole in the knee because I wanted to be in some way trendy in the 1980s, then that would be breaking the law. And likewise, if I was to stitch up either of those because... It was something that had happened, you know, whether I'd accidentally ripped it or ripped it on purpose and then went and took a needle and thread and stitched it together. That would have been not keeping the Sabbath holy. And then it's into this kind of legalistic framework of what is right and what's beneficial and that makes it holy or not holy that we come to the first century and Jesus is walking through a field in Luke chapter 6 and he's along with his disciples and it's the Sabbath and they, they take a bit of grain and they rub it between their hands And they separate, you know, the good stuff from the bad. Now, how many laws have we broken so far on the list? And then they eat, you know, they take a bit of nourishment. Their action is not accidental. The gleaning and rubbing to open, the separate out the wheat and the chaff, they're deliberate and it's positive for them. 
It's clearly in that way going against the law of keeping the Sabbath holy as it had been interpreted over the years. And the people of the law come and challenge him and say, are you, are you keeping the commandments? Really? The teaching of the law is the thing that had been wrong. The formation of the lists. This is right, that's wrong. The understanding of what the Sabbath was. Did not reflect the purpose of the day as God had intended it to be. It did not reflect the day that is holy to God and beneficial to people. Beneficial to God's people. This is the challenge when we come to view the law as written in the Old Testament. What was it that God intended? And we heard last week how Jesus starts to open the law up and say, you know, I came to fulfill the law. You worship God and you have love for your neighbour. The early church continued to gather on Saturdays as uh, God's people had done for many years. They go to the synagogue, a place for giving glory to God. But they also go because by going there, they can evangelize. They can spread the word. They can proclaim God's will. Of course, doing that led to a number of confrontations with the authorities. But that one day a week was not their focus. As we thought the other night in church meeting, they met every day. They gathered every day and spent time together praying and worshipping God each day. They meet in the courts of the temple. They meet in their homes and they break bread together. Paul in Colossians 2 and also again in Galatians 4 seems to suggest that he does not see the Sabbath as important. The focus of temple worship, the law, was gone. Church in the community was the new focus. How do the people live? How do they worship? How do they honour who God truly is? It was not until about the fourth century that our Sundays became the Sundays that we know today. It began to be viewed as the Sabbath. 
as we live in a 24-7 society, there becomes a challenge of what they will do and won't do, maybe is. And whether we generate laws as to whether that's the right thing or whether that's the wrong thing. As people seem to be increasingly stressed in the workplace and as society becomes aware of the, the mental health benefit and physical health benefit of having rest, of having that day set aside, we should not be surprised that God felt it right for his people to have a day of rest. But we also have to think of what that rest is. Exodus 20 verse 10 seems to say it is a, a day for families and households to be free of chores and to be together. In Exodus 34 verse 21, it say, when the, the law is being explained again, it says, even in the ploughing season, even in the harvest, even at the times when it's uh, the most difficult amount of work you have to do on the farm and you have to get it done, you know, while the weather's right, while the season's there, even in those times, even when in our work we are stressed completely, we have to take the Sabbath. We have to take the day of rest. It's maybe even more important at those times when we're facing challenge. So as a family, we come to church and be church family. We give glory to God. But we also have to think of those early church things that they did, how they were family as well and they had that togetherness time and perhaps too about evangelism in the place of public gatherings when people are having their sabbath which is quite a different sabbath to what we're used to how can we do that it's something we need to think of one of the, the elders I had in uh, one of my churches in Northampton was a, a season ticket holder for Saints Rugby Club. Had been since a boy. He was now into his 70s. Um, he was an accountant by trade. He was the church treasurer at the time uh, that I arrived. Um, he thought wisely of money and was not one to spend it. But yet he bought his season ticket for the Saints. But despite having a season ticket for the Saints, if the match was on a Sunday, he didn't attend. He grudgingly didn't attend in some ways. He'd spent that money for the ticket, and increasingly matches were on Sunday afternoons. But he wanted to be faithful to God. 
He wanted to keep the Sunday special. He wanted to honour the Sabbath, to make it a holy day. A little bit of me, a little bit of me, wondered about with the opportunity to meet in the place where other people keeping their sort of Sabbath wasn't there something about the possible evangelism he could do in that crowd what could he have said to those that he had it been a Saturday would have sat next to What opportunity do we have to keep the Lord's Day, to make it a special day, but maybe in a day that uh, reflects God's purpose for it? But we can do as well as gathering here. How do we proclaim the Sabbath and keep it holy? May God give us wisdom to do or not to do what he wants and what we want. May we honour him on the Sabbath and honour him the other six days of the week too. Amen. to go out into this week to honour him as we go throughout this week every day we have our eyes fixed on Jesus each new day come what may I'm pressing on with my eyes firmly fixed on you and we know that if we should stumble if ever we should falter we have a refuge in God's soul